God our Father and from the Lord Jesus, dear friends. Part of God's word that will give her attention today uh, comes from the letter to the Romans, chapter 5, reading the first five verses. The Apostle Paul writes here, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This is the word of our God. We like to know where we stand with people. I think that's especially true within our own families. Spouses like to be sure on a daily basis where they stand with each other in their relationship. Kids want to know where they stand with their parents. And parents even want to know where they stand with their kids. It's pretty amazing how far a simple, you know, it's great to see you, or I'm glad you're home, or I love you very much, how far those simple words can go to assure a family member that all is well in the relationship. We like to know where we stand with friends. How is our relationship right now? Are we on the outs, or is everything good? We like to know where we stand with coworkers. How do you feel about my participation in this project that we're working on? Is there more that I could or should be doing, or is everything okay? Sometimes it's easy to tell where we stand. You run into that friend, they give you a big smile or a big hug. Maybe you haven't seen them for a little while, so they drop you a card or give you a call, and you know everything's well. Or maybe that coworker sends you an email to thank you for your work on some project, and you know things are okay. But sometimes it's not quite so easy to tell. Maybe you run into a friend at the store, and they seem in a real hurry to get out of there. And you kind of wonder, you know, did I catch them at a bad time? Or is something wrong in our relationship? Maybe it's been a few months since you talked to a friend that you used to speak with once or twice a week. And you start to wonder, did I do something? Did I say something to offend that person? Maybe you get one of those texts from your coworkers that's kind of abrupt. And you think, oh, you know, what's wrong now? It's good to know where we stand with people makes us feel comfortable. It's especially good to know where we stand with our God. And here too, sometimes it seems easy to tell and sometimes not so easy. I mean, when we're regular in our worship life, when we're focused and faithful in our Christian living, when God's blessings seem to be flowing freely into our lives, we kind of think, yeah, 
We're standing in a good spot. Everything is okay. But maybe when we've been away from worship for a little while, when we're feeling the weight of that recent sin or some pet sin that we've committed, we start to wonder, where do things stand between me and God? We look around and maybe we don't see those blessings flowing into our lives or they seem very sparse or maybe it seems like we're receiving from God just the opposite of His blessing. And we wonder how are things in our relationship. The only thing that can put our hearts at rest at those times is God's Word. The powerful words of the triune God assure us of His blessing when everything seems good and also when everything seems bad. And there are no words, perhaps, more powerful than these. Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through faith, in Jesus, God's Son, faith that's worked in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, we know exactly where we stand with the Father. God's powerful words assure us of His blessing. Since we have been justified through faith, in Christ, on the basis of His life and death, God justified the whole world. He declared all people righteous in His sight. That's an historical fact. It's reality, objective reality, built on the foundation of Jesus' death and resurrection. Whether a person believes it or not, whether a person knows it or not, it's true. Now, the assurance of that reality, that becomes ours personally through faith in Jesus. And the result of that, peace. We know where we stand. Remember Jesus' words in our gospel last week. He said, my peace I give you. But the truth is, as sinful people, there should be nothing but hostility between us and God. Only distance between us and God. The prophet Isaiah says, there is no peace for the wicked. And we know what God says about us by nature. We know the things that we do and are capable of doing day after day. We know we fit the description. And see, that's what makes God's love and grace so amazing. Just a little bit earlier in the same letter to the Romans, back in chapter 4, the Apostle Paul says that through faith in Jesus God justifies even the wicked. And He credits our faith to us as righteousness. And again, the result of that, peace. We know where we stand with the Father. In fact, Paul continues. He says, through Jesus, we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Not only do we enjoy this peace with God, but we also enjoy this special privilege to approach God at any time. That's always a pretty good indicator of where you stand with someone, right? That person that you can text at 10 at night 
and you know that if they see that text, they're going to reply. That person that you can call out of the blue and you know that they're going to put aside whatever they're working on or thinking about to give you the time and attention that you need. Jesus has opened up that door to us, to the Father's throne room, that we may approach him at any time confident that we're going to receive just exactly what we need by his grace. Thanks to Jesus and his saving work, we know where we stand with God. And so because we know that standing we have, because we know that access that we have, Paul says we can boast in the hope of the glory of God. I want to talk a little bit about that word boast, first of all. When we think of boasting, it's usually about one of our accomplishments, something that we're very proud of. We kind of see right away that that doesn't fit with the context here. The hope of the glory of God is not one of our accomplishments. That's Christ's accomplishment for us. But there's another meaning for this word that does fit well. It means to speak about something that makes us so happy that we simply can't keep quiet about it. Maybe think here about the first-time grandparent or great-grandparent talking about that new baby. Obviously, that child is not their accomplishment, but they get to enjoy that child, and they're so happy about it that they can't keep quiet. They have to boast a little bit. In the same way, we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Since we know where we stand with God right now, we know where we will stand with Him on the last day and for all eternity. We haven't received all of His promises just yet, but we know they're coming, and we know they're going to be wonderful. We know according to His promise that we're going to share in His glory. Now, not in every respect, but in the specific ways that God has told us. He says on the last day, he's going to raise us up and we're going to be changed into the likeness of his son. That in some way, our glorious bodies are going to be like Jesus' glorious body. He says on that day, we're going to be able to see him as he is. That we're going to be able to take in the view of God in all of his glory. And he promises that for all eternity, we are going to dwell in that glorious house that he has prepared especially for us. Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God, we know where we stand, we have access to God, we have this hope of future glory, and we boast about it till we receive it. God's Powerful words assure us of all this blessing. But then Paul mentions something that would seem to undercut that assurance. Something that would seem to shake our certainty in the blessing of God. He mentions sufferings. And the word that he uses here means anything that weighs heavy on us, Anything that presses hard against us. So you might think of the sufferings that come when we're dealing with physical or mental illness. Think of the suffering that comes when we're lacking or when we seem to be lacking. 
some of the basic things that we need in life. You think about the suffering that comes when we're grieving the loss of a loved one. The suffering that comes when we're caring for a loved one who's dying. Or you might just think of the heavy weight, the constant pressure of trying to maintain our faith and keep on with our Christian living in a world where so many things both around us and within us are stacked against us. Paul is talking about any and every kind of suffering that we might endure as we go through life in this world. But he says something surprising about it. He says we also glory in our sufferings. That word glory there, that's the same word from the previous verse, only there it was translated as boast. Paul is saying we also boast in our sufferings. Think about that. Our sufferings too are something that make us so happy that we can't keep quiet about it. I'm sure Paul understood that a statement like that was going to be kind of hard to swallow. So he explains what he means. He explains why he can say what he says. Because suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. And character produces hope. Perseverance is that combination of endurance patience, that ability to cope and continue in life no matter the situation, no matter how difficult it may be. As we continue to persevere through one test and trial after another in this life, it builds in us this true, tested Christian character. A character that receives suffering in the same way that Jesus did. Without grumbling or complaining. Without thoughts of retaliation or revenge against those who seem to be responsible for our suffering. But instead we receive it with trust in God. Knowing that even in this he's at work for our good. We receive it with confidence knowing that not only will God give us the strength to endure through this suffering but also that he will set us free from this suffering and from all suffering when the time is right according to his gracious plans. And see, that's why suffering ultimately leads to hope. Because as we persevere through this suffering and that Christian character is built up in us, it has a way of lifting our eyes from the here and now to the there and then, from earth to heaven and from time to eternity. Suffering is one of those things that God uses to keep us focused on the hope that we have. And just to make sure that we know how confident we can be in that hope, Paul says, this hope does not put us to shame. This hope will never disappoint us. How many times in your life have you faced disappointment when your hopes were dashed? You hoped that a friend would come through at the right time and in the right way to help you in your time of need, but it didn't happen. You hoped that maybe you were going to get that promotion or that new job, but it went to somebody else instead. 
You hope that you would be able to resolve that conflict with a family member or a friend, but as time went by, things only got worse and worse, and we could go on and on with examples like this. There's a line from a favorite movie of mine that there's one prisoner talking to another prisoner, and he says, hope is a dangerous thing. That's because from our experience in this world, hope is so often followed by disappointment. But this hope we have through Jesus is different. God says anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God's great love for us is not something that just touches our lives in small and inconsistent ways, but rather it's something that fills us up entirely, something that permeates all that we are and all that we do. Through his powerful gospel word, God has filled us up with his love and he's given us his Holy Spirit who works in our hearts daily, faithfully and fervently, to maintain and strengthen our faith in Jesus and leave us always certain that we are God's dearly loved children in good times and bad, even in the face of suffering. In his second letter to the Corinthians, Paul says it like this, God set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Hope does not put us to shame. The powerful words of the triune God assure us of his blessing. Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, they work together and they work daily to make sure that that hope of glory that we have remains fixed, clear in our hearts. Your faith in Jesus, God's Son, faith that's worked by the Holy Spirit, we know exactly where we stand with the Father, both right now and for all eternity. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.